Hi guys, welcome back to an episode of Inside Out, your bi-weekly podcast about childhood trauma and professional life. And today's guest is May, Mary Beth. <laughs> she's, Hello. She's uh, currently an architectural assistant, so she just recently graduated from her bachelor's. And uh, she's Filipino and British, grew up between Philippines and the UK and lived most of her life in Surrey. Yep. And yeah. um, studied, uh, what is Musical it? Theater. Musical theater for a year and then switched to architecture yep. and now works in London in an architectural firm. And um, I was really excited to have you on. Because, oh, really? Yes. Because I think there are so many tips that you could be giving because you have such an interesting story. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you came and you accepted to share it. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm really glad. And um, so, yeah, let's start. You can start by just introducing yourself, where you were born, where you grew up. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Maribeth, as Salma said, and I grew up in the Philippines. So I grew up in the Philippines and then came here when I was seven years old. So when I was seven, I remember coming here and I couldn't speak English at all. Like, That's so funny. That's like Francis from our yeah, previous yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember coming here, not knowing anything. And then actually, I remember that um, I wasn't too close with my mom back then. So it was kind of like a, the relationship between me and my parents were not really as as good when I came. What was the reason for your mom? The reason was my, my when I was young, my mom left me. So my grandparents took care of me when I was young. And I've only seen my met my mom when I was um, seven years old when I came here. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I don't know, like I was, it felt really uncomfortable at first because yeah. I, my mom, I don't remember talking to my mom when I was young. I remember... I remember her calling sometimes maybe once a month, but mm -hmm. I don't really, I didn't really have that connection with my mom. Were you ever told anything about her? So the reason why she wasn't there? No, I I was never told anything. I, I, they said that, oh yeah, your mom traveled because of you guys, but that's it. Like, nothing. What not do you mean? Like, they never... They never really specify like, oh, your mom was, your mom went to the to another country because of this, this, this. All I know was she went to another country to work. That's it. To work. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. And did you have any brothers and sisters? I, when I came here, I didn't have any um, sister. And then after staying in London for, sorry, for three years, that's when my, when my sister came. So your mom left to the UK yeah. and at that time you didn't mention what your dad was yeah, doing. Yeah, my dad followed up. So um I'm I'm not I don't exactly know what year my mom went to the UK, but after I think three years my dad followed my mom. And then after two years I followed my mom my parents to London. So I was closer to my dad. I was actually I was really close to my dad. Okay. But to my mom I wasn't. I didn't have that um relationship with her where you know when you when you when you're with your mom you're like very comfortable but when I went to London I just didn't have that connection with my mom yeah so you didn't feel like you knew her you were no, like no, meeting her basically no. for the first time no, I remember when she was holding my hand I always used to I always used to say oh no I don't want to hold your hand because you didn't have that bond I didn't have that bond with my mom and no. how did she react to that did she, she try I, to build that or did she just no she it? she she tried but then my sister came mm. so that's her new favorite now so I was that's why I I was I never had that bond with my mom because of my sister and because I was closer to my dad and because she left the country when I was very young I see and when you came to the UK so later and you were reunited with your mom did you have that fear that maybe she would leave again? And maybe that's why you didn't also kind of get comfortable with her because you already knew she left once? It, I didn't have that fear because, as I said, I was not close to my mom. I was very close to my cousins and my grandparents back in the Philippines. And I remember when they said, oh, you're going back to London. I was I was so sad. Like, I didn't yeah. want to leave. 
I didn't want to leave the Philippines. I was, I couldn't leave my grandparents. I was crying for the, like before my flight, like 10 days straight, I was crying in front of my grandparents. I was telling them, oh, I, I really don't want to leave. I don't want to go back to my, I don't want to go to London. And how was the, so once you arrived, how was that transition? You said you didn't speak English at that time. No, um, I didn't speak English and it was just so weird. Like I remember having spelling tests <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> British accent. <laughs> They're like, oh, spell water. And then, <laughs> and then I remember spelling W-O-T-A. I was like, I remember back in the Philippines, I'm, I was really good at spelling. But in here, why, why is everything, why is everything wrong? <laughs> and then, yeah, it was, it was. And that now act. you have it a bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit though, just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes I get confused with my language because I speak fluent Tagalog as well. Yeah. Sometimes I speak in American, sometimes British. It depends who I talk to, basically. I see. And so you had that um, sort of transition phase yeah, of learning did, English yeah. and all of that. And how was it at school? Did you have a lot of friends? Were you quite alone? Yeah. Um. At first, I did have a lot of friends because I remember I was really good at sports. And back in the Philippines, I was always out. I was always out with my guy friends. I was I was a tomboy basically and then um in primary schools PE is very popular so then I used to be very athletic and people used to be like oh you're, you're so good at sports and everyone wants to be friends with me but I couldn't speak English at all <laughs> I, I remember back in them back in them days I was really I was like the funny oh, like everyone make fun of me basically but yeah so I see. and how did you feel about that life at that time I'm did you like it the environment in the I UK? did I did like the environment in the UK especially when because I remember when I was young I kept moving school because we kept moving houses it was kind of tricky as well to to yeah. adapt you know to different schools as soon and, as you start adapting you have yeah. to move again yeah so I think like throughout my life in the UK I've moved to like a hundred different places Really? Yeah, I moved to a hundred different places. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but sometimes you just want to settle down, you yeah. know. But but that's that's how it is sometimes. Did you have a time within all of these hundred times that was harder than others? Maybe because you made a friend that was a bit closer? No, it's because, you know, I'm kind of like uh how do you call it? Used to it. You know, because I told you I moved from Philippines to here. Uh, yeah. I left my like my cousin, my whole family in the Philippines, and then now they're like, let's move to another place. I'm used to it. I I just I just got used to like keep moving to different places. I know sometimes when I make when I make close friends to this um type to this area, I'm I'm kind of just like, oh, we're moving again. That's fine. I'll just say goodbye, my last goodbyes, and maybe I'll see you again sometime. So maybe you don't put as much effort in your friendships because no, of that? No, I don't. Maybe, 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 actually, yes. That's so true because even now I don't. Do you always feel like um, you're going to move again? Yeah, yeah. And is it something that scares you when you start settling? So when you feel you're getting a routine and you're starting to make somewhere home? Is that something that scares you and No, um I don't think it does because I've never okay, I've never experienced it, but I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it really scares me. At the same time, I feel like instead of me being afraid, I'm I feel more excited. I see. But in terms of building friendships, you don't want to build something you might lose basically. It's because <laughs> because since I was young, I've kind of gotten used to loving someone and losing them, you know. Yeah. So just for example, like my mom, um, I told you I didn't make any effort when I came here. And then and then after a few years, she died. And then that's when I kind of felt guilty that I didn't make an effort because I didn't give the love that she that she kind of like deserves from from her own daughter. So, yeah, so I think. It's just because I'm kind of used to like, for example, obviously, you know my situation with my dad. She, he also left me 
So it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like hard to trust someone. And that's why maybe I don't make effort with my friends or unless I actually trust them with my whole heart that they're not going to leave me like what my parents did to Mm -hmm. me. I see. And when your mom left, when she passed away, how did that affect you? It affected me mentally, physically. Yeah, affected my whole life. Basically, my mom died when I was 15. Did you, was it something that was out of nowhere? It was out of nowhere. I remember my mom just telling me to go to the toilet and she was like, oh, um, I have breast cancer. It's a stage, stage three now. And I was, of, I was young. I was young. And I didn't know she was going to die. She knew, she knew she was going to die. And she was crying in front of me. But for me, I'm, I... I didn't know. I didn't know that. I was like, so I was, I was just telling her, mom, it's going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to be fine. I'll be here for you, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I remember, I, I remember when she was telling me, I, I was really upset. I was really mm-hmm. upset. But as a young kid, I didn't know about breast cancer. So I did, I did my research on my own because she never told me anything about it. And then I remember when I was looking through, I was at, um, secondary school in Alton College and I remember looking at it with my course mates when I saw what breast cancer is I fainted and then starting from there I always faint I, I remember going to school and I just faint because I don't know if I had depression back then I don't know what happened to me but since my mom started telling me that she had breast cancer I always faint at school do you still have that I I I still have it, yeah. I still have it. Because there's something, you know, psychosomatic? No, I don't know. It's that. basically when you what you have in your head, so your thoughts, uh your fears, whatever it is. Obviously, I'm not a psychologist, yeah. so this definition is my understanding of it. Translates into something physical. So it can be, for example, anxiety translating it into eczema. Yeah. And your fear of something happening that you don't know what can happen, basically the unknown or any trigger that you may have might translate psychosomatically into fainting. Yeah. And it most probably means that maybe there is something you aren't dealing with. And because you're, it's as if there's a thought that comes and you put a wall and when that thought meets that wall, you faint, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Instead of letting that thought in and dealing with it, you protect yourself, you know? Yeah. Do you think that when you read about it and it kind of put you in front of the reality of what was happening, um, her illness and the fact that she might not be there forever, maybe that was just too much for you to deal with mainly at that it age. Was, yeah. And then your body went into auto mode you yeah. know it just was like i can't no. i can't deal with this i yeah i i still had hope back then even though i was reading mm. everything stage 3 the final stage i st- i still had hope so every every day i just tell my mom oh there's still a chance don't give up and then 3 months this is literally 3 months it lasted 3 months i went my grandparents came from philippines to visit my mom and then they told us to go out i had no clue when i came back she was dead and i was like i was my dad was talking to her when she was dead and i i couldn't believe it as well i was telling her mom like i i told you to not give up like what are you doing seriously i was i was that must have been really traumatizing for you to see it was, that yeah and it really did affect everything. I did it affected my studies. So after my mom died, I went to Philippines for a couple of months, maybe more, a year. When I ca- I had to miss school. I had to miss a year of school. And when I came back to the UK to London, I I was I didn't know anything. I was I was so because when I came back, I was still I still couldn't. What do you call it? Except that yeah, I accept the fact that you my mom was still in denial. Yeah, I was still in denial, and um, yeah, so failed my GCSEs, failed everything. <laughs> I couldn't tell my dad. I couldn't tell my dad. So 
it was just me suffering myself by myself and um i was like what what am i going to do in my life my mom's dead i can't even tell my dad that i failed everything and i remember that time i was in the bus stop crying everyone was looking at me and it was a time when i applied for a level 3 um graphic design and then it says that i couldn't do it because of my grades it's because it's because i missed a whole year of gcse and no one wanted me no one wanted me and then i was like please give me a sign please give me a sign and then i called um the sixth form next to my house they offered me to do a levels and i was like wow like <laughs> wow and then i went in to do my interview and then you know that person that one person she told me you will be big in the future and i know it so i will help you and she did and then that's what you needed yeah, someone believing in you yeah she she literally believed in me i don't know what she saw she did, obviously not my grades but she saw something i see what she saw yeah and then she was like oh i'm going to give you a chance so you need to work hard on your a levels and then she helped me throughout my a levels a levels is 2 years and she helped me with my personal statement and um obviously during my a levels as well i was i was still in denial about my mom so i didn't really work i didn't work hard and um she she still had she still saw something in me and she was like i'm, I'm still going to help you until you get just you have to get back up you know this you can't be like this forever but you have to understand also that um you needed help at that time and you deserved it you know it's not a weird thing that someone would want to help you because you were not in a normal situation yeah. and it's it's just the fact that i saw my dad struggling during those times so i couldn't really open up to him and it's just because when my mom died i had so many responsibilities i had to take care of my sister who was 5 years old back then when my dad was literally working every day i remember i remember there was a time when he was on the floor sleeping and i opened the door and i was crying i was i was crying so bad i was like in my head i'm don't worry dad i'm going to help you get through this i'm going to help my sister and during those times as well we had a church so every time when i go to church everyone was judging us like oh why does your sister look 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 like that you don't take care of her so i had so much responsibility back then when i was young but you also have a really strong character because there's a case where you decided to take on all that all those responsibilities but you could have said i also want to be a responsibility i don't know if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but like you took on all of that and you said I'm going to be the strong one and I'm going to do my best and you were doing your best. And I think that someone helping you is just the circle going around, you yeah, know. Yeah. You were doing so much that you deserve that much to come back to you, you know. So if in if in an area of your life it was really hard, at least I believe in those things. I believe yeah. that every whatever goes around comes around and whatever you put out in the world will come back to you. And that's what happened. And I think, yeah, it's a really important trait of your character, this idea of um, keeping your pain for yourself and taking on the person yeah. that you love, yeah. their pain as well on your back and taking it as a responsibility, like a problem that you have to solve. Yeah. And that's really hard because you end up with your life to solve, but also all the people you love mm lives to yeah. solve you know and how did you deal with that what what did you feel did you feel like that was your responsibility or more of i want to help it was more of i want to help because of my mom's passing and is only my dad and it's i'm not going to lie it's it's hard to take care of two kids you know and um it was i remember it was just my dad working 24/7 every i didn't even see him it was just literally me taking care of my sister on my own at 15 years old and my sister was 5 years old and um it was just hard to see my dad work so hard and i remember just crying every night he doesn't you know the problems that i had with you, with um 
with the results and me not going to college. I he doesn't know any any of that. Still he to knows this he, day. No, still to this day. He he all he knows is I've been doing good <laughs> at school. That's all he knows. Cause I felt like he didn't need to know it. You know, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna add more pain to him. Cause cause um I told you as well that my dad me and my dad were really close. So I just didn't want to hurt him anymore and that's why when he asked me um if he could get a girlfriend and and that he want to see this woman in Japan I said yes when I was, was very that? happy I was happy so I was 16 17 okay yeah I see and um I said yeah yeah you, go go and have fun like you deserve this mm-hmm. because you've been working too hard so if you want to marry if you want to meet someone then go ahead were and then late and then pardon were you worried a bit i wasn't worried i was so happy i was so happy i was like go for it go for it go do your thing have fun because i thought like he he was working too hard like i want him to have but that i think you know the way you said you were in denial about your mom's death yeah. i think that his way of dealing with it might have been to also drown himself in work yeah, yeah. to not have to think about it. Yeah. It's another way of being in denial, you know? And maybe that's why he was working every day during those times because he... He didn't want his mind to be yeah. silent, basically. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, he, he asked you about that. And what did you... What happened after you like, said you were fine? At first, I was like, in my mind, like, oh, my mom just died a year ago but at the same time I want my dad to be happy so I said yes and then do you know what's what's funny is after when he met him um he didn't even tell me that he's gonna get married wait but they met and then how no, okay after? so they met mm-hmm. I went to Japan with him but I've never met the woman my stepmom so he met him I was with my um, auntie, I mean her, and then I was with my auntie. And then um, after that, we went back to London and then months after, we went to Philippines and then she was there as well. So I was like, oh, hello, hello. And then... How was she with you? How did she She was so nice. She was the nicest woman. She was the nicest woman I've ever met. Like, she was the... She was so kind to me. Like you wouldn't even see, <laughs> you wouldn't even see like an evil <laughs> plan in her, whatever man. But she was the nicest person, and I remember the next day everyone was like, "Mae, what are you doing? Like we're we're all preparing for your dad's wedding," and I was like, "My dad's wedding? I I don't know about this," and then they were like, "Wait." How- well, you don't know about this. Like, we all know, like, all your cousins know. That's why we were, we're preparing. And then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll prepare. And then when I got there, there's actually a freaking wedding. So you weren't told. I, I weren't told. Did and you tell your dad? I didn't tell my dad. No, I didn't tell my dad. I I don't even know why I didn't tell my dad, but I was I was upset. I was like... Because my, my dad was forgetful, is forgetful. So I was like, okay, maybe. Okay, but to come on. Me. Yeah, yeah, I know. During those times. <laughs> but then at the same time, during those, I, I just wanted him to be happy. Yeah. So I was also happy for him. But then I was thinking, he never told me this. But I, I came and then everyone was there. And then the judges, the judge was there. And then they got married. And then, yeah. So I, I didn't tell him anything. So at that time you were 16, 17? Yeah, I was 17, I think. And it's really funny because you have this cycle of when you feel pain, you never express it. No, no. And when you see someone else's pain, you know? Yeah. If you had to say which is important between yours and someone else's, you always pick the person in front of you. So you said, yeah, I was sad about my dad not telling me. But because he was happy, basically getting yeah. rid of his pain, then I didn't even tell him. Which is, I think, is bad. It no. is bad because is bad. you think of yourself as if your pain is less than someone else's. Yeah. And no one is here 
to take the world on their shoulders. Mm, yeah. Because first of all, you cannot. You will explode. Yeah. This is like, there's no way you can take other people's problems because yeah. you have your own. And second of all, it's just a time bomb. So yes. you pushing your pain and your pain and your pain, it's not going away because yeah. you're not releasing it. You're not solving it. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that I was I was hurt. I would say that I was a bit upset. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't I don't know why I wasn't hurt. Maybe because I could see my dad smiling, maybe. Because I've never seen him happy for that long, you know? For uh, for I've never seen him happy for a long time. I've mm-hmm. never seen him smile for a long time. Yeah, and then you went back to the UK. And then yeah, we went back Sorry. to the UK. And then that's when <laughs> everything exploded. <laughs> um, okay, so I went back to the UK and then first year was fine. Like she was so kind. She, <laughs> she was offering me this. She was taking care of my stepsister. And then when I went to uni, that's when that's when she became an evil witch. So it started when I was um it started on my first year of uni. I was 18 and oh, I was doing the uni stuff. So I was partying. I was So traveling. that time um, with your school, you finished your A-levels and yeah. then you got into... Oh, yeah. So um, I finished my A-levels and um, I my the person who believed in me was like, oh, I feel like you, I I was doing acting, dancing and singing mostly, performing arts in a, in um I that's what I enjoyed and she recommended me to do um musical theater in uni. So I was like, oh that that looks um, exciting because I do enjoy singing, dancing and acting. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned for um a lot of unis and I got into University of Portsmouth. And yeah, so I did my course and then I've met Francis mm-hmm. my the first episode yeah, of this the, podcast <laughs> the first episode and she he was doing architecture so I remember going to building and then seeing you guys there and I remember seeing his work and I was like oh this is not bad I, I could do this because I remember when I was young I wanted to become an architect like I you know when uh, do you know borders we used to rent house um houses in the Philippines and a lot of our borders are architecture student students and I always see their work and I was like, Oh, this is this looks interesting. But then obviously when my mom died, I fucked up my A levels and everything. So I had no confidence. I had no confidence on taking architecture during those times. I thought I was so dumb that and my grades wouldn't be able to reach the grades that's needed to study architecture so I studied musical theater and then I saw Francis work and I was did like did you enjoy that bad. um or did musical you, theater yeah or yeah. did you feel like something was missing and that's what I, you found in architecture I enjoyed it so much but I felt that something was missing yeah I enjoyed it but I felt like I needed to do more because at the same time I was doing dance as well in uni I was um, doing competitions whilst doing musical theater so I was thinking whilst also working working you were working in a care oh yeah I'm a I was working as a healthcare assistant yeah yeah so I juggled all that and um yeah so I realized that you could I could do architecture and also doing what I did well, I also do be doing dancing or my hobbies. So so I quit musical theatre and then when I on first year of architecture, I <laughs> okay, so first year of architecture I still didn't try my did best. Your, did you tell your dad about you switching? I did. I did okay. tell him. And he wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah. He he wasn't happy. Normally, Asian parents would be yeah, like, "Yeah, that's what I was. That's thinking. a great idea. Yeah, yeah switch now because it's my, so creative yeah, what you were doing yeah. before." And and my dad was like, "Why do you have to do that? Why why can't you? that's okay? That's when it started. My dad wasn't happy with me when I started architecture. He was like, "Oh, if you continue with your course, you would have been graduated in two years time. But then you're starting uni again, more debt, blah blah blah." And then 
yeah so that's when he started getting more um upset with me with my future plans because you know Asian parents my my dad personally had a goal in mind you know mm-hmm. he um he had expectations of me because I'm the eldest yeah I have two stepsis I I have a stepsister stepbrother and my bio- biological sister and obviously I'm the eldest and I have to set an example so he already wrote down his plans his goals for me and when he knew that I will be switching he was like what what are you doing I I told you sh- you should have studied nursing <laughs> that's what he said I was like I wasn't even planning to study nursing why why that wasn't even that? on the list that was <laughs> but yeah that's that's what he said he was that's when he started to get upset and then when you started architecture that's when your relationship with your dad and your stepmother started getting yeah nice. yeah that's when it started get, getting a bit um because there was a time when i went to philippines and my dad didn't like the fact that i went to the philippines with my boyfriend because i was young i wasn't young i was 18 okay and um my dad's very religious very 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 religious and um i remember him telling me oh why why are you going with your boyfriend and then and stuff like that and then when i was in the philippines you know my stepmom i was hanging out with with her um niece and do you know what she i was hanging out with her and then her niece was recording us like partying and then her my stepmom hacked on my niece's account just oh, to God. see what i was doing literally just to see what we were texting and everything that's how that's how crazy she is she hacked on my niece's account and then she was she was like oh sending me pictures oh you have you've been partying yesterday what why why are you doing this i told your dad I mean, already her niece was there so well yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> hello i know your your niece's was there so what's what's wrong with that and then yeah so that's that's when it start fully started when i'm not when i'm away cuz i'm really close with my dad so i feel like my stepmom is very like jealous between my me and my dad's relationship so when i'm not with him that's when she feeds my dad mm-hmm. these thoughts like oh your daughter is this your daughter is this she doesn't suit um with your church blah 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 so i was away with um from my dad for a month and that's and then when i came back that's when my dad was like was super upset he wouldn't even talk to me and i had no clue I literally had no clue. And then um that was the first year of uni. I left I I did ask him like why why are you not talking to me? And then he he doesn't communicate with me at all. He didn't say anything and I had to go back to uni for a year. They haven't he he never texted me. He he never texted me even when I say when I text him. He had a, I don't that get a reply year. back. I don't get a reply back. Yeah. that was my second year and then there was even times when i had no food in uni i text my dad saying dad can you send me money because i have no food and guess what he he sent me 5 pounds i was like <laughs> that's not your role you yeah. know yeah like yeah. I, i've i've been texting him every day like asking how he is but he never texted me back and then when he got to third year i was so happy that um i finished uni mm-hmm. And then I texted him and my stepmom saying that I finished uni. I'm so happy. Can I go back home with you guys because you're my family? And then I get sent the, this letter saying don't come back if you come back I'll get a police in you. Like I'll get <laughs> Oh my god. And then I was like what is what, what is this? Hell? Yeah. Yeah, so That's supposed to be your safe space. Yeah. And yeah. I was so shocked. I was like what is going on like what type of parents are to you to such I've... a big degree like yeah, yeah. what have you done to yeah. deserve this yeah and i was i was shocked i i was actually so shocked like like i messaged them i was like i don't care about your letter i'm going i'm going home i'm going to see my siblings and then they were like we we just called the police the leeds police um thing If you come here they'll be waiting outside our house. And then I was like this is crazy. Yeah, it really is. 
How did you feel though? Because you said you had this thing of feeling like people you love leave you. Yeah. This was another time where it happened. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> did it just confirm the fears that you had? You know what? During Actually, during those times, I... You know when you talk about exploding, I did explode on my first and second year. I had depression, so um, I did have depression. I went counseling, and um, yeah, I uh, I just I just couldn't handle it you? anymore. It did help me, but I was literally on my lowest. Um, I was crazy actually. Um, if if you saw me, you would have been super scared. I I always. I was just super aggressive. I was I was a monster, you know. And that's that's what my friends haven't seen. No one's seen that side of me except except my boyfriend, except Francis. No one's seen the evil the scary me, you know. Because everyone not, because it's not everyone to scare you. It's you after accumulating all those years of pain. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that it has to It was part of you at that moment and you had to release it. But yeah. after releasing it, it doesn't mean you still have that. It doesn't mean that's you. Yeah. It's just you that needed to release all of that. Yeah, I know. But it was it was very uncon uncontrollable. So I I How had did a lot you of deal with it? with it was hard. Like, um it was ruining my relationship as well with my with my boyfriend and um self-sabotaging yeah and it was that's why i had to call in for um counseling because i just couldn't handle it and yeah so that counseling actually helped me uh after is there uh, anything you learned from it um i would s or did it just help you release I, it just helped me release I, i i had a couple of sessions but i feel like That didn't really change me, you know. It did help me a bit, but I don't think. I don't think it, it did really... help you realize certain things, reasons of why you did certain actions. I would, <laughs> I would say that talking to the counselor was helpful, but it didn't really made me realize certain things. I feel like what made me realize about certain things is is maybe talking to other people i would say who experience what i've what i've experienced and talking to people who's who's open minded you know and i'm yeah because i only had a couple of sessions with my counselor and it was just literally me talking about my my life and yeah and i think what helped me the most is probably just talking to people who's open minded and Did you feel comfortable to talk about this with your friends? Um, it's not me who starts the conversation; it's them. So um, when they, I don't really, I wouldn't say I talk about my life to my friends. I don't, I don't really do that. They're the one who asks me. So if someone comes to you and says, "What's happening right now? Why are you upset?" You can explain. But if you're upset, you won't go to someone no, and say, "No." This is why I'm no, upset. If you if you talk to any of my, I don't tell them. I don't open up. And I, still, it's the thing of you don't want to build something yeah, that yeah. you can lose, basically. Yeah. After graduating and going into within your uni experience and your work experience, whether it's when you were a healthcare assistant or now in architecture, do you feel like these things affected you? I don't think it does because don't think. because I'm that type of person who don't let it affect now now I feel like now I'm not that type of person who let me affect what I've experienced um you don't let it define you yeah I, I don't let it define me how do you get that strength though how did you have that switch of I'm not what happened to me basically I would say is is just the experiences that I've had. It made me stronger, and I feel like one of my strength is my sister. I f I feel like I I need to. It's not that I need to do this. Is because 
I you want to I want to I want to become stronger and it's not because my dad left me it's because I want to have I want my sister have to have a good life and I'm gonna keep going I'm I'm not gonna stop just because my dad you know mm-hmm. my dad left me I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna cry every day I'm not gonna get you know I see I think that it's your motivation in the end of the day yeah yeah and but I think it takes a crazy amount of strength as well to have that kind of mindset because a lot of people would just be like what's the point you know and where would you want to go professionally I would say that your biggest wildest dream no limit <laughs> open minded I would say that I just want since I was young I wanted to become a superstar you know <laughs> in what in architecture or in dancing anything. singing in anything in anything um you know I've I've done so many things I've done so many things I've I've done acting I've done singing dancing architecture a lot of sports and I feel like I'm just that type of woman who just want to do everything you know mm-hmm. that a superstar yes a superstar <laughs> does everything <laughs> And um, I just, I, I want to complete architecture, obviously. Uh, do a bit of that when I become qu- qu- fully qualified. And then just do what, do what I love. So do dancing, do singing, direct, um, create songs, make music videos, become a model, <laughs> become an actress. I would love to see that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my plan. Would you rather be rich or powerful? So I would rather be powerful. Yeah, I would say yeah. It's being rich is just you have money, you know. But being yeah. powerful is different. Would you rather be, be powerful or known, like a celebrity? I would be power? powerful. Yeah, because sometimes when you're a celebrity, you're not powerful. Yeah, for sure. For sure, it does not mean you're powerful at all. I would rather be powerful, you know. Um, you said you wanted to do a lot of these things for your sister. Yeah. Do you f- do you see some struggles that you've had in her already? Yes, my sister is being abused. And how does that does do you feel like? You know, I I feel bad, like because I'm powerless. still in uni. It feel yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel powerless. I feel useless. When I'm powerful, I could easily yeah. take my sister, you know. <laughs> But I feel useless. I feel powerless, and like just because she doesn't have a phone and she uses her friend's phone, mm. she always texts me on Instagram saying, "Ate Ate Mei That's what she calls me. Ate Mei, when are you when are you gonna pick me up from from this house? You told me you're gonna pick me up soon, and um, why can't everyone keep their promises? That's that's what oh, she told me. So she and imagine reading way. that from your from your little yeah. sister, and I I just feel so help like helpless, you know. I think she might have lived you not coming back as you leaving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But actually, you wanted to be there because I did. I told her because um, around seven months ago, my dad called me. She, he was like, "Can you get your sister out here now, please? I do, I don't want her here." Um, blah blah blah, and then. I I to- I was like, can you give your my um can you give your phone to my sister? And I told my sister, I will get you out of there four months. In four months, I will take you to Philippines, which is I promised her something that I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do. That's why she's she's probably like that. But, but I think the fault isn't on you guys though. It's not. You know what I mean? It's it's not on us. The conversation you isn't know? why you didn't do that yeah. or why yeah. she is still there. Is why is your dad yeah. and that evil stepmother? Yeah, why why doing that? Like, oh my You should be able to go back home and she should be safe. She should at be home. safe at home with her dad, with her freaking dad. But what what her dad is freaking doing is calling me telling me to take my sister away from that house because he doesn't want her anymore. Do you But, know how yeah. how fucked up that sounds? It really is. That that sounds so fucked up. And like, I think that the the worst thing is that from your personal experience of taking on people's pain and taking on people's pain as a responsibility, you must have taken that as not even why isn't my dad doing that but oh I have to do that. 
Yeah. And I see it in you now. And honestly, I don't know how long it will take, but I know you will be able to do it. Yeah. I I know it you myself will. as well. I know it. I know I'll be able to do it. And you're so close to finishing uni anyways. I know, I know. I have two years left. But one year will bad. be work. One, yeah, one year will be so. work. And then, but yeah, it's it's not far off. I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm really happy because you're like the perfect example. And I told you that of a proactive person. Yeah, yeah. And I really love like this way of describing proactive people as people who... I have to search that up, you know, when yes. you told me. <laughs> <laughs> as people who carry their own their own weather. Yeah. I love that, like, really. definition of it. Yeah. Um, I think you really are like that because we discussed right now your entire life and the way you came from your childhood to now being fully independent yeah we haven't said that but you are fully independent i am yeah. you are working you're paying for your own apartment yeah, for your life for everything and i think first of all that's really amazing yeah i think you are and will be an inspiration to a lot of people who are maybe in abusive households in difficult situations like you were when you lost your mom or who now have to basically rely only on themselves. But throughout all of this, you always, always carried your own weather. It doesn't matter if it rained, snowed. Yeah, but... Tsunami, literally anything yeah, you said. But it doesn't... What you're saying, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I haven't... You know, there will be a lot of bad days. Of course, know. there will, but you don't let them define you. Yeah. That's what's important, is that... I think what you can learn from your past is that when you feel pain, feel it fully. Yeah. But I think what you gain from your past is when you have pain, you stand up again. Yeah. And I think that if you go forward when you feel bad, feeling it instead of pushing it back, you will be stronger. Yeah, and if you continue in that path of standing up each time after you felt it, I really believe that when you're sad... Take a week, a month, a year off. It doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter. Everyone has their own timeline. Yeah, everyone everyone has, has their, their own, own thing. It doesn't matter. Time doesn't define that because the way you recovered from your mom passing will not be the way someone next to you will. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and it's not it's not bad, you know. Exactly. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's you're different people. Yeah, you have different, different backgrounds. Yeah. It's but I think the important thing is that when once you're done being hurt, doesn't matter how long that means. It doesn't matter. You stand up again. I think that's, that's your strength. That's the most important thing. And I think it's really incredible because humans, by definition, the majority love to victimize themselves. Yeah. I do it as well. Not obviously all the time. But you know when something happens to you and you're like, oh, why me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you really don't have that. I think, no, I don't. No. I think that really helps you in a good and a bad way. Because I also believe everything happens for a reason. You know? Yeah. But I think you also take a lot on your back that isn't yours. And yeah. And it's just the fact that I also believe that God wouldn't give me this problem if he knows that I wouldn't be able to handle it. And um, I wouldn't say that I'm a very religious person, but I do believe in God. And um, I always, um, beside from from um, having my strength of my sister, I also think about God. Like, oh, as long as I have you, I would be fine. That's that's always on my mind. That as long as I have God, as long as I continue to pray, He will always be there for me. Yeah, I think it's it was really inspiring hearing how you basically went through all of this and today are basically thriving although there are still things that you want to achieve yeah and you will only keep going higher and hopefully be able to be there for your sister yeah but i wanted to ask you said you had one sister yeah one stepsister one stepbrother yeah are they three treated the same way no or is your sister treated differently because no my my sister is a maid yeah he she's the one that who she's the one who take takes care of my younger step um i don't 
I don't call them step. Like, they're my siblings, you know? Like, I love them so much. And um, she's the one who takes care of my younger siblings. And they, she gets treated so differently to my step um step siblings and that's how you you remember when you go in, when you come to my house you will see that there's a picture of me and kk only at the wall and then the rest of the family on the other side and then they have a full family picture of just them and then there's just a picture of me and my sister on the other side and do you know how how yeah. stupid that looks and then when they if you search them on social medias it's just a family picture of them there's there you wouldn't see uh you wouldn't see me and my sister there it, it's just them and that just explains everything you know yeah that she that my stepmom w- just wants us out of the family but you know what as you said everything that you put out comes back to you yeah and you're not there to m- do justice whatever she puts out whatever bad evil she puts out will come back to her yeah and you don't even have to worry about that. But I think it's great that you're focused on you and your sister. And I always believe that your traumas are not your fault. It's not your fault that you have this stepmother. It's not your fault that um, your dad reacted this way. But it is your responsibility to recover from it and yeah. not to be defined by it. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing really well, is that you understand that okay, this is the way it is. I'm not going to be able to change my stepmother and my dad's reaction, but it's not going to define me and where I'm going to get and where I'm going to go. So we're getting towards the end and I have four questions, which I ask all of the guests. (laughs) Well, all of the guests. This is the second (laughs) episode. (laughs) First of all, what is your proudest moment, professionally speaking? My proudest mo- moment was finishing my undergrad. I was, because my first and second year, I didn't really do my best. And my third year, that's when I actually realized that I like architecture. And I, that's when I also realized that when you do, some, when you do your best onto something, that's when, you pro- that's when you're deve- going to develop more interest into it. So um, that's my proudest moment, I would say. What is the biggest challenge? Oh, sorry. Also, yes. getting a job um, whilst uh, the lockdown, whilst the COVID is happening. That's really amazing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And you got a really good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to say the name of the firm, but you yeah. got a really good one. Um, what is the biggest challenge that has come from your childhood that you have to deal with now? Not having a family, I think. I think um, it made a massive impact into my life. And when I have kids, they're going to be asking about about my gra- their grandparents and my family. And that's probably one of the hardest. What is the biggest quality that you will take from your childhood? Probably s- stronger. Like back when I was young I wasn't as strong as I am now and the last question if you had an envelope in front of you with your career path written on it would you open it so literally no if I give you today no. your CV of your whole life would you open it no no I why wouldn't. because I just uh, I just I'll just go with the flow you know I don't I don't want a career career list <laughs> I don't I don't want a life like that you yeah. know, as I told you, I want to do everything. Yeah, and the excitement. If there's a leaflet there with a list of the things I need to do, for not my need to do, but as if I come from the future and I say, "This is what you've done in your life." Oh, what so I'll be not, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nah, I wouldn't. I want it to be unexpected. Like I, I don't, I don't want to know what's gonna happen in the future. I want to enjoy it. And I don't think I don't think I'll pick that up. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um. And lastly, if you have any advice out there for people who are going through maybe similar things as you have gone through, and who have to stand up again and basically make their way and start paving their future and 
picking a career, what advice would you give that is not a you can do this, believe in yourself, you know, like more of a maybe something that helped you. Maybe, for example, journaling could be one thing that helps people, you know, get oh, things okay. out of their mind. I, yeah. What is one pragmatic thing that has helped you okay. that someone can maybe try out to see yeah. if it makes them feel better? Yeah. Um, as a person who experienced a lot, I would say try out new things. As I told you, I do a lot of singing. And when I sing, I just... Is very therapeutic, you know. You express yourself. Um, dancing is very... Um, is another thing. And I remember when I was going through a lot, I go dance after. And I literally forget all, everything that's happening in my life. And um, I would also say just to stay disciplined and to just do what you love, you know. Just try out something new and spend time more spend more time with your friends i would say follow your dreams you know <laughs> yeah because there's a lot of people especially with asian people asian people um they follow what their parents want mm -hmm. them to do and that's kind of like how it starts and i feel like if you're listening to this and you have a toxic parents or toxic family who have a list for you who has already have goals for you don't freaking listen to them you know just follow what you want to do because trust me you will be so much happier and for me like I know I don't have a family right now I feel like I'm more free and I'm a lot more happier without them it doesn't matter if you're if they're your family if they're the same blood if they don't make you happy then it's it's then leave them you know yeah you shouldn't stay just for that just because they're your, the same blood just because they're family you shouldn't you shouldn't stay you know that's because a lot of people uses that reason mm -hmm. of i'm gonna stay even though they're so toxic i'm gonna stay because they're my family no you, you don't do that you're gonna be a lot more happier if you just if if you leave them you you do your own thing you do what you love and just follow your follow your instinct you know and um, yeah I think it was quite inspiring for anyone even who cannot leave to hear your story on how there is something after it where you can fully become yourself and be independent and not rely on anyone and be happy although you have this scar from not having a family you are becoming the best version of you with your childhood, with your stories, with your scars, challenges. But in the end of the day, you stood up again. And right now you're stronger than ever, than yeah, you've I ever agree. been. Yeah. So um, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for having sharing. me. <laughs> it was really nice hearing your story and how honest you are about it as well. I think it's very yeah, nice. I don't, I don't care. But I don't like let my fam family hear this. <laughs> I, I'm going to send this podcast link to them. I don't care. But I had nothing to hide. And I mean, you have you... no bad. You don't come from a bad place in anything you say. Yeah. You're not blaming anyone and you're not victimizing yourself. Yeah. You're not saying, why did this happen to me? You're just sharing what happened to you yeah. and how you got through it. So yeah. thank you for doing that. Thank you for inspiring me and whoever is listening. And whatever that teacher saw in you, I also seen you. You know what? I've I'm I've been searching for her. Oh my gosh, is this the maybe, good time? Maybe you, we will find <laughs> her through this podcast that probably has 10 listeners, but maybe. Wait, can I can, Her name is um I forgot her last name, but her name is Mrs. Schofield and she worked in Christ College Guildford. Okay. And I I had her number back then, but I I lost it, so I've been trying to um, find her actually I, I, I that would be so yeah nice. i know i'm i want to bring her flowers and i want to uh -huh. tell her like what i've been up to and hopefully she, <laughs> hopefully she she like she's listening to this you know and yeah, yeah so miss Schofield, if you're there please can you <laughs> comment 
or like <laughs> subscribe, subscribe, follow. <laughs> no, hopefully that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it will be on your path to find her again. Yeah. And I'm sure she still thinks of you. Oh, yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for it was having really me. Nice. I really enjoyed. This is my first time, and I've enjoyed it so much. And hopefully, and maybe we'll do a part two. Yes, hopefully. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. And um, this was Inside Out, your bi-weekly podcast with me, Salma Itali, and May Marybeth. Hello. Um, as our second guest. And um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope May learned something about herself or about anything, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.